0: Welcome to the Way Fellowship Church of Dallas podcast series. Please enjoy this message by our own senior pastor, Tavares Gardner. Move on to where the cloud is going. Amen. All right, Genesis chapter 4. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she became pregnant and bore Cain. And she said, I have gotten and gained a man with the help of the Lord. And next she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, Genesis chapter 4. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought uh, of the firstborn of his flock and the fat of his portions. And the Lord had respect and regard for Abel and his offering. But Cain and his offerings, he had no respect or regard. So Cain was exceedingly angry and indignant, and he looked sad and depressed. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why do you look sad and depressed and dejected? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin crouches at your door. The desire is for you, but you must master it. And Cain said to his brother, let us go out into the field. And when they were out in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Everybody say killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed. Everybody say cursed. Everybody say sin. Opens up the door for a curse. Or for the curses. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying. He said, now you're cursed by reason of the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's shed blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength and you shall be a fugitive. Everybody say a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth in perpetual exile, degraded outcast a degraded outcast then Cain said to the Lord my punishment is so great that I cannot bear behold you have driven me out this day from the face of the land and from your face I will be hidden and I will be a fugitive and a vagabond and a wanderer everybody say a wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me Uh, But let's keep on reading. And the Lord said, therefore, if anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon, mark sign upon Cain, unless anyone finding him should kill him. Isn't it interesting, as I said a few days ago, maybe last Sunday, that even, even when we still are unrepentant, God will have mercy on us. You may be seated. As we bring this uh, series to a close, to an end, um, I want to do just a quick review before I go forward. Um, When you are dealing with rejection and offense, you open up yourself to a curse when you do not forgive and when you harbor offense and, and you do not deal with your offense and your rejection, if you do not deal with it, touch your neighbor and say, No, don't touch him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Because I don't know if your hand's clean. Look at him. Look at him and say, Look at him. 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 You open yourself up to a curse. Now, let me put a pause right here. Uh, I need to address this Uh, open your Bibles up again this has nothing to do with what I'm (laughs) my subject but I need to address this now go to Psalms and then I'm gonna go back to my message somebody said what go to Psalms 91 who said that (laughs) Uh, I want to address something I'm going to read this scripture and I just want you to just follow along I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Uh, the Bible says he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall remain stable and fixed everybody say stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say, of "The Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress; my God, on Him I lean and rely." In, in, and in Him, for then He will deliver me from the snare of the foul and from the deadly pestilence. Deadly pestilence. Deadly pestilence. I said, "Deadly pestilence." Everybody say, "Deadly pestilence." then he will cover me with his pinions or his, on, on, or under his wings and, 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 and shall I trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are my shield and my buckler. I, I'm putting myself in there. I shall not be afraid of the terror of the night nor the arrows that fly. Listen to this, the Bible says the evil plots and the slanderers of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. Of thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand but it shall not come not me only a spectator shall I be as I witness the reward of the wicked and because I have made the Lord my refuge and the most high my dwelling place there shall no evil come upon me nor any plague but the prerequisite is you've got to stay in the secret place Where are you going, Gardner? The news media is putting fear in the hearts of the people. This is what they do. And though an epidemic is, is going around, but I was, reading, I was reading something. The flu, the regular flu, has killed more people than the coronavirus. So, But I do believe at the same time that God is going to use this to start something in America called revival because a lot of people are panicking a lot of people are fearful they don't know what to do they are I hear people talking about somebody clearing out the stores and all this other kind of stuff God is going to get America's attention I told y'all this long time ago and guess what every every move has always started with chaos Persecution hit the children of Israel. They start spreading out. The gospel started going all over the land because persecution hit. It started a spread of the gospel. Let me tell you something. Every chaotic situation, every, every, we are in a Genesis moment if We and we've got to catch hold of this moment. We are in a Genesis moment. What do you mean Genesis moment? It said in the beginning God created. And then the next, the next verse says, and the earth was void and formless and the darkness covered the face of the, uh, uh, the depths and all of that kind of stuff. And, 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 and then right after that, God starts creating things. So our lives in this situation may seem chaotic, but God is in, he, he is in the business right now of creating a move of God in this America. I can't hear nobody say nothing. And the, he is going to have a people that's going to get on their face and bow to him. I can't hear nobody say nothing. So do not let the news media scare y'all and scare you right out of your secret place. You better stay your hips right up in there. Touch your neighbor and say, you better, no, don't touch them, just look at them. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, stay your hips right up in the secret place. Don't come out of the secret place, stay right in there. Because if you come out, that plague is going to hit you. only Only the people who are not a part of covenant, they don't have these rights. It's quiet in here. If you're unsane, these rights don't belong to you. These belongs to the people that be- that live in the secret place. It's a part of your benefits package. Protection is a part of your benefits package. So they doing that, they done stop flights on my job and they I mean the buyers can't go nowhere. We supposed to be having a market. We have a market twice a year in April and October and they have shut down all the flights. They don't even know if they're gonna have the market because everybody's scared. And they're talking about, you scared? And I was like, scared for what? I wash my hands. I cover my mouth when I sneeze. I have me some sanitizer. Y'all ain't saying that then. Uh, sometimes you don't need some sanitizer. You need some good hot water and soap. It's quiet in here. Use your common sense. If you're sick, don't be around nobody. All right, let me get back to Cain now. All right. Take you some vitamins drink you some water, rest. Oh, that was a cuss word. I felt the holy hush. Y'all don't know what rest is. They don't know what rest is. That's why God gave the children of Israel a Sabbath day of rest. He said, don't you do no work. You're supposed to chill out. Don't even let your donkeys do nothing. The animals got to rest. The dog gotta rest. Everybody resting. Touch your neighbor? No, look at your neighbor and say, everybody resting. Now don't rest so much that you forget to come to church. Where you at? Pastor told me to rest. (laughs) I bind you in Jesus' name. Bring your hips to church. All right. So now go back to my message. Uh, if you don't deal with rejection, you open yourself, your offense, you open up yourself to the curse. And especially, you know, it ain't God's fault, it's your fault. Because God told Cain to master it. And anytime we start walking in offense, touch a neighbor and say, uh-uh, You're actually walking in Cain. Cain represents flesh, Abel represents spirit. They didn't like that. And so you you uh, so I got to I got to go back and do a little review. So when I don't deal with my offense and my uh, my unforgiveness and my rejection, uh, these are some of the characteristics. I'm gonna have mind wandering. I'm gonna have tragedy. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna be scatterbrained. I'm gonna be shameful I'm gonna have pain. I'm gonna be I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with condemnation. I'm gonna have hard times. You may even have marital problems. You may even deal with suicide and mental illness and sorrow and groaning. And distress and calamity and mishaps and slumps and recession and hopelessness and vexation and torment and poverty and despair and guilt and besetting sins confusion business failure lack search looks for you look always looking but never find anything never reap no results from effort hope you you don't have no hope you're a doormat you let other people walk up on you you're unsatisfied hunger for sp- uh, spiritual things hallelujah you are a gypsy vagabond spirit wandering from job to job place to place, church to church, lover to lover. You disoriented, you're a refugee, you're a derelict, you strand, you're a rover, you got misdirection, you're a straggler, you're an outcast, you're a hobo, you're an orphan, a tramp, a castaway, displacement. Does anybody, do you want me to keep going? These are all the things that I open myself up to when I don't master or deal with offense. Jesus. That's a lot. Somebody said, Well, how can I get up out of this? Forgive. Just just simple as that. Forgive. Everybody say forgive. forgive. Uh, everybody say escaping the, escaping the trap. If you got your Bibles, open it back up to Acts twenty-four and sixteen. Acts twenty four, sixteen. This is Paul talking. Paul says, therefore, Acts 24 and 16, therefore, I always exercise and discipline myself. What does he mean? Um, He's mortifying his body. He's deadening his carnal affections, his bodily appetites and his worldly desires, endeavoring in all respects. Do you know it is your job, not God's job, to kill your flesh? It is your job, not God's job, to kill your carnal desires. It is your job, let me say it again because y'all got quiet and ain't nobody saying nothing. It is your job to kill your carnal affections. It is your job to kill your bodily appetites. Do you not know that just because you're saved doesn't stop your body from calling for sinful things? Okay, since y'all want to play this, y'all want to play, play a game today. Uh, uh, so how many can say that on this fast, your carnal nature, your wild habits, your wild desires have been popping up that you thought were dead? I got one honest. I got a couple of honest folks over here. The rest of y'all saved, sanctified for real, okay? All right, well, well, something you need to come up in and preach then, how many, but I want to know, how many of you, since we've been on this fast, that your carnal nature has been popping up? Stuff that you used to deal with that you thought was gone and under the blood has come from up under the blood. I can't hear nobody say nothing. And it is your emotions are out of whack. Can't hear nobody say nothing. You want to cuss folks out. I can't hear it. Your attitude has gotten badder since you've been on fast. Can't hear nobody you gotten somber it's almost like you're walking in a some type of depression I can't hear nothing it's a, one day you're high one day you're low you just don't know where to go I can't hear nobody say nothing hallelujah I, I, I. come on here come on here come on here blow and behold if you're dealing with perversion I can't nobody say that your body getting hot I can't nobody saying the stuff start rising I can't why y'all were looking at me funny I they start getting hot I can't say nothing right there y'all looking at me funny hallelujah your appetite come on come on honey. your body starts calling for old lovers I can't hear nobody say nothing that means you got to die So fasting is good to keep you dead. Because when you don't give your body what it wants, I can't nobody say nothing. You starve that thing until it starts acting up. I can't nobody say nothing. And the problem is we don't know what fasting is no more. You think fasting is to get God to be a genie for you. I can't hear nobody say nothing. But God ain't no genie. You can't make him do nothing for you. Hallelujah. Why you ain't saying nothing? Why y'all not talking back to me? You have got to die and you die through fasting and prayer. You're not manipulating God to move for you through fasting. That's what I mean. He will move, but you don't manipulate him to move. God, if I fast, you're going to move. No, 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 no. That's manipulation. That's manipulation. We don't fast to manipulate him into moving for us. So I want to make that very clear. That fasting breaks strongholds. Fasting breaks stuff in us. Hallelujah! That 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 that. Oh my God! You've got to get some deliverance. You've got to fast and you've got to pray to keep yourself spiritually fit. Not about nobody talking to me. Paul says, "Always exercise." And discipline myself again mortifying my body look at your neighbor said that's, that's your job that ain't God's job deadening my carnal nature deadening when I think about deadening I think about uh, the time that I had six teeth pulled before I had to get braces put on my teeth Can not to say nothing and they had to shoot me with a needle in my gums to deaden my gums so I wouldn't feel the effects of the pool. The word is the shot that deadens the pull of those carnal and worldly desires. Can't nobody say nothing. So, hallelujah. And the more I get in the word, the more dead I become. It's quiet in this place. Touch your, touch your neighbor and say, you got to die. You got to die. That word. And when you get in the word, you don't be looking for nobody else. The word is for you. Not what's, not for Sister Toefoot. All right. Exercise, the Greek word is, I hope I say this right, askeo, askeo, A-S-K-E-O. It means to practice as an art. Everybody say to practice as an art. So I must practice daily, discipline myself from carnal desires. I have to exercise. I have to practice as an art. Saints of the Most High God, we practice righteousness. We no longer practice sin. When you tap your neighbor and say, we practice righteousness. And every day you get up, you make a decision whether I'm going to sin or not sin. It's really a decision. Most people say, you got that dumb cliche, say, we all sin. No, we don't. You sin because you want to sin and you don't know God enough. Because the saint of the most high, they don't practice sin. Now, that does not mean we won't commit a sin, but we don't practice sin. Because we're the righteousness of God and we practice righteousness. We practice righteousness, which means I don't always get it right today, but I got another chance tomorrow. It's quiet in here. And his mercy and his grace empowers me to keep on practicing righteousness even when the world around me is going to hell. So he says, I always exercise and discipline myself to have a clear, unshaken, blameless, conscience, Hmm. void of offense toward God and toward men. What is he saying? He said, I practice and discipline myself to have a clear conscience, void of offense toward God and toward man. We exercise for everything else. But do we exercise this part of the scripture right here? Not to have an offense toward God and man. It takes effort to stay away from offense. Will you say self? self. It takes effort it's to stay away, stay away from offense. Say it one more time. Say self. self. It, takes it takes an effort on my part, on my part through daily exercising daily daily and disciplining myself it's to stay away, stay away from offense. Paul compares it to exercise, and then as we just got to reading He said, if we exercise our bodies, we are less prone to injuries. Is that right? Uh, Our degree of maturity determines how well we will handle an offense without injury. Let me say that one more time. Our degree of maturity determines how well we will handle an offense without injury. Some offenses are more challenging than others. Uh, There was a story about this preacher. It ain't me. Uh, It involved someone else in the ministry, this preacher, and another a uh, fellow brother of the Lord, another preacher, he said uh, there was an extreme offense that he experienced that, was, uh, that intensified over a year and a half. Everyone in the church knew what was going on, and they asked the preacher, the one that was offended, Aren't you hurt? That's what they kept asking him. So what you going, they said, what you going to do? He said, are you just going to stand there and take this? And he said, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Y'all know how we do. I'm good. You're lying. You're lying. Uh, I'm not going to let it affect the call of God on my life. He said, but my answer was nothing more than pride. I was extremely hurt, but I denied it. Even to myself, I would spend hours trying to figure out how all this could happen to me. I was in shock. He said, I was shocked. I was numb, and I was amazed, but I supposed these thoughts, and uh, I suppressed the thoughts, and I put on a front, much like many of us, that I'm good. I'm good. I'm straight, I'm all right, you know how we do, some of us. Mm -hmm. He said, but I suppressed these thoughts and put on a strong front when in reality I was weak and deeply injured. And if you know nothing else, you know church folks know how to put on a good face. You know how to put on a good face. Mm -hmm. The guy said months went by. Everything seemed dry. Ministry was stale. My prayer closet was lonely. I didn't feel no presence of God. He said, I thought all the resistance was because of the call of God on my life. But in actuality, I was in torment from my unforgiveness. So every time I was around this man, I came up fit, feeling spiritually beat up. Start feeling some kind of way every time you got around this person. Come on here, Cain. Every time you saw your brother blessed, you start feeling some kind of way. Every time you want something, but you see somebody else getting what you want and you fasting and praying and you don't see no results of your efforts. But you see people that ain't living nickels worth the dog, me prospering and getting better jobs and getting jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commission. And here I is fasting and praying. And it seemed like God, the heavens have been shut up. Void of offense toward God and man. And so now I don't want to come to church no more. Now I sure don't want to give no tithes and offering because my money is shout, not short, shout. My money is shot. I can't nobody say nothing. And I wish the ninja would ask for $105 across this pulpit, and all I got is $5. I can't nobody say nothing. And he wants me to give for a special offering of $105. I wish I would. I got to pay my bills, I got to live. Paul says, I practice daily being void of offense toward God. And man, and many of you are offended towards God because he ain't done what you wanted him to do when you needed him to do it. But will you look at your name and say, look at, just look at him real crazy and say, who is you? <laughs> who died and made you God? How do you think you can twist God's arm and make him do what you want him to do when you want it done? It's, it's gotten quiet in here. Well, you look at your neighbor, the other neighbor, the other one got mad because you asked him man, And you need, him, you need to ask 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 him, who is you? So the man said, I I put on a strong front. He said, Every time I came around this man, I felt spiritually beat up. I felt some kind of way. He said, Then came the morning I will never forget. I was sitting on the deck in my backyard praying. He said, Lord, I said, Lord, am I hurt? The Lord said, Yeah. (laughs) He said, Well, God, you got to help me get out of this hurt and offense. That's the first step in getting over offense. You've got to recognize you have been hurt. The longer you mask it and say that I'm okay, you're operating in Cain. So the preacher said, God, you got to help me with this offense. Now, you know, uh, I've been praying this prayer daily since we've been on this fast. And I've asked God every day because I don't know what it is. Sometimes I don't wake up hungry. But since the fast. (laughs) I'm like, now if I said I was going to Waterbury and give me some pancakes this morning. Oh, don't say that. Okay. Huh? My stomach is and, rumbling and nibbling at the back of my shirt now as I'm preaching to y'all. Yeah. Jacob, sit down. I mean, it's nibbling the back of my shirt as I'm preaching. And I feel like I'm saying to God, God, don't. God, don't be mad at today. Don't be mad at you know I'm hungry and I'm skinny. I don't want to be bold. I want to be bored of offense towards God. And uh, he said, uh, "This is exactly where the Lord wanted him to get to this spot where he acknowledged that he was hurt and get to the end of himself." Too often we try to do things in the strength of our own souls. But I was going to say this. I've been asking God this week uh, as it pertains to this fast. I said, God, give me the grace to go through this day on this fast until 3 o'clock. And do you not know that when I ask for grace... He gives me his empowerment to go make it from 12 a.m. to 3 p.m. I can't about to say nothing. He gives me the grace. I can even though my stomach is rumbling, I start diverting my attention off my hunger pains, and I start think I start going into worship. Can't anybody say, God, I thank you for what you're doing for me on this fast. I can't about to say nothing. I'm not thinking about the food right now, but I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I thank you for where I'm going spiritually after you know after this three o'clock. I thank you for for the new work that you're doing inside of me. I can. not so I start diverting my attention off of worldly things. Come on, worldly pleasure and put my mind on spiritual things. Hallelujah. Think on those things which are lovely, which are good report, which are honest, which are pure, which are just. Come on, think on these things. Touch your neighbor's and Say You got to get your mind off the worldly, carnal things of the flesh. You, you've always been eating. It ain't like you're going to die. You ain't going to die for a few hours. It feel like it. And that's good because you need to. We all need to die. We all need to die, and we can all lose a few extra pounds while we're fasting. Because you do not. Do you understand that when your hunger pains, are, they start pulling the fat that's stored up in your body? Can't nobody somebody say, I need to fast every day then. Well, that's why we fasted for 21 days because some of that, that, that stuff is pulling that fat off of your legs and your belly and your behind. can't hear nobody say nothing. Your cheeks. I ain't lying. Somebody said, I ain't eating no more. Well, you go ahead on. At three o'clock, I'm going to be somewhere at somebody's table eating something. All right, all right, let's move on. Too often we try to do things in the strength of our own soul. This does not cause us to grow spiritually. Instead, we become more susceptible to falling. The first step to healing and freedom is to recognize you are hurt. Often pride does not want us to admit we are hurt. And how many can attest that? I've been prideful at times when I know I was hurt, but I said I was good. The man said once he admitted it, He sought the Lord and was open to his correction. He said uh, the Lord told him, he sensed that the Lord wanted him to fast for a few days after he acknowledged that he had some unforgiveness toward this fellow brother in the church. He said fasting would put him on a position of being sensitive to the voice of his spirit and provide other benefits as well. The book of Isaiah says, Is this not the fast I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. So while we're on this fast, it is loosening the bonds of wickedness, things that we have been tied to. It is loosening things from us. To undo heavy burdens. Some of us are under a load, and while we're on this fast, it is loosening things from us, and it is lifting heavy burdens. That's why you ought to get on this fast, because there are some benefits associated to this fast. To let the oppressed go free. Some of us are oppressed, and God wants to free us. All right? And that you break every yoke. That's Isaiah 58 and 6. Amen? He said he was ready for the, for the bonds of wickedness to be broken and to be free from oppression. He said a few days later, he was attending a funeral service. And guess who was at the funeral service? The same man that offended him. And he looked around, and he saw the man, and the man was crying in the funeral service. And the man said, I began to forgive him. I released him from everything he had done immediately. He said, I felt a burden lift off of him as soon as he released it. He said, of such a relief, flooded him when he forgave. He said, but this was only the beginning of the recovery mode. Now, you can forgive, but there are times when you are going to have to confront the person that has offended you. It's called healthy confrontation. He said, the man said, in my heart I knew I had forgiven him, the preacher said, the preacher said. He said, but I wasn't aware of the extent of the wound. I was still vulnerable and could be hurt again. It was just like recovering from a physical injury, he says. I needed to exercise to strengthen my heart, mind, and my emotions to prevent any future injuries. What about relapses? Y'all, you must understand. That, yeah, I forgive. Yes, I have released that person. But that mind will cause you to fall back in a relapse and pick up that unforgiveness. Uh, Has anybody ever been there? I forgave. But then I start thinking. And I'm like, mm, Ghana, is you stupid? Do you know what they did? And that's why you got to shut your mind down. The Bible says you got to cast down every imagination, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. That high thing is an unforgiveness that you want to. So, and many of us, let me ask you a question. When do you have forgiven? And I want you to answer me back, for real. When you have forgiven a person, and that thing pops up in your mind again, I mean, this was a deep injury that it took the Lord himself to help you recover from. How did you stop the negative thoughts From making you change your mind again. Who? Pray. Who will? Speaking the word? Okay. Yeah. You said what? That sounded like that military voice. I forgave, I forgave. <laughs> All right, what else? What else? That was a good one. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Huh? Oh, that, yeah. Uh, y'all, talk, y'all remember my song back in the day, I talk to myself because there is no one to talk to. People ask me why, why I do what I do. But let me tell you something. Sometimes you will have to talk to yourself, especially if you have been deeply wounded by a certain persons or per a, 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 a person. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have to talk to myself. L- let me tell you. Let me tell y'all this. Let me tell you this. Just this week in prayer, I always be telling on me. Now I know, uh, Lady Stephanie said it over the pulpit about uh some people coming back. That left here in the fence and all that kind of stuff and blah 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 blah, but uh, I was laying on my face before God this week, y'all. I was I was going there. And, and and as soon as I got through, I just I, I just got quiet and I just laid there on the fo- on the floor. On my palate, and uh, the Holy Ghost said, there are some people that's coming back to this church and you are not allowed to feel any kind of way about them when they come back. He said, you are to love them and to embrace them. He said, and fix your face when they walk in the door." No, I'm telling y'all, it was so stern. I was like, okay. He said, don't you look at them any kind of way because I've sent them back. So I told Lady Stephanie, and she said, well, did he tell you who it is? Guess what? We've been hearing this over and over that God is sending back those that left feeling some kind of way. And so God is preparing my heart that you're going to have to be merciful. At least they acknowledged that this is the place they need to come back to. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And then my other thing is who are me to judge? Did y'all hear what I said? Who are me? I said what I said. Who are me to judge? If he's sending them back, he's sending them back for a purpose. My job is to love the hell out of them. It's quiet. Clap your hand. So, I said that to say to you, When they come back. Because, I mean, the Lord talked to me so stern in that prayer. He's like, get yourself together. I mean, just like a parent. You know, don't you show out when company comes. (laughs) Have have y'all ever gotten that talk? Have y'all going to the mall and your mama said, don't you show out when we go in this mall? Because I'm going to get you. And so the Lord was—I mean, it was so—it was such a stern one. He said, "Fix your face, get your heart prepared, because I'm sending some back, and you can't—you are not to feel any kind of way about them when they come." I was like, "All right," I got up off that floor like. <laughs> Let me tell you, it ain't nothing like when the Lord gives you a stern word. Has anybody ever been on the floor? Everybody anybody ever been in prayer and the Lord gave you a stern word? You better get yourself together. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir, master. Yes, sir, master. And so how you know that you have forgiven them is that when they walk in, you don't feel nothing. And you can embrace them and love them in pureness. It's quiet. It's quiet. It's quiet in here. A person hurt in the same manner. No, 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 no. The Lord instructed me when he saw that man at the funeral, the man that he forgiven. This is going to help y'all. This is going to bless everybody in this room, what I'm getting ready to say. I thought I was going to be able to finish today, but don't look like I'm going to do that. Uh, so when he saw this man at the funeral, that old stuff started popping up. See, it's, it's, it might be easier to forgive a person when they ain't in your face. But it's a different story when they're always in your face. You know, out of sight, out of mind, I can forgive because I ain't got to see you. But what if it's the person I got to see every day? So, uh, oh, Mama Mama Minnie said, oh, Lord, help me. (laughs) So the preacher said, how can I keep these thoughts from coming up? This is what the Lord said. I want you to pray for the man that hurt you. He said, and the Lord began to remind him of his word. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to them who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Many of us, we, we, we. We uh, got a black marker and scratched that out the Bible. because you don't want to do that. He said, so I began to pray for this man. He said, at first it was dry. He said it was a monotone voice and didn't have a hint of passion. He said, out of, out of obligation, I would add to this prayer, Lord, bless him give him a good day. Help him in all that he's doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Touch the neighbor and say, that's a start. (laughs) He said, I continued for weeks praying for this man that offended me. He said, I seem to be getting nowhere, but I want you to open your Bibles up to Psalms 35. Particularly, I read this scripture yesterday. I was like, Lord, help. Lord, help me. Because if you want to see Jesus, you're going to have to forgive. The Bible says follow peace, again, with all men. And holiness, without no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace with all men means what? What? Follow peace with all men. David said, this is David. We're just going to read it. David said, contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of a shield and buckler and stand up for my help. A lot of y'all would just stop right there. But let's read on down. Draw out also the spear and the javelin and close up the way of those who pursue and persecute me. Say to them, I am your deliverance. Say to me, I am your deliverance. Let them be put to shame and dishonor who seek and require my life. Let them be turned back and confounded who plan my hurt. Let them, also, let them be as chaff uh, chafe before the wind with the angel of the Lord driving them on. Let their way be through dark and slippery places with the angel of the Lord pursuing and afflicting them. For without cause they hid for me their net, a pit of destruction without cause they dug for my life. These folks were just doing something to David. He wasn't even bothering them. Do you not know in this Christian walk, people just hate you just because? People just set traps up for you just because they don't like you. Just because they see a little oil on your life, they get mad and jealous, and now they want to sabotage you and your ministry. Anybody ever been there? People in your family, your your own brothers and sisters and siblings don't even like you just because, and you ain't done nothing to them. You just showed up. You didn't ask to be born in that family. I wish I had some help in here. For without cause, they hid for me their net, a pit of destruction. Without cause, they dug for my life. Verse 8, let destruction befall my foes unawares. Let the net he hid for me catch him. Let him fall into the very own destruction. Verse 9, then I shall be joyful in the Lord. I shall rejoice in his deliverance. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you? Who? Who? You who deliver the poor and the afflicted from him who is too strong for him. Yes, the poor and the needy from him who snatches away his goods. Verse 11. Malicious and unrighteous witnesses rise up. They ask me of things that I know not. Verse 12. They reward me evil for good to my personal bereavement. Verse 13. Verse 13. Verse 13, verse 13, verse 13. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I began to fast for them. I afflicted myself with fasting, and I prayed with my head bowed on my breast. I behaved as if grieving for my friend or brother. I bow down in sorrow as one who bewails his mother. Did y'all hear what, you, 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 you hear that turn in that scripture? I want evil to come upon them. But then I thought about that thing. Let me pray for my brother. Let me pray for them. Let me pray for them. We, all of us in this room, can identify with David. We have had people who have, you know, frenemies, frenemies, friends, but really enemies. We've had associates that rewarded us uh, evil for our good. He said God was using Psalms 35 to settle. Settle him and to point out that you need to pray for this man. Psalms 35 and 14, he said, David said these men were trying to destroy him. They attacked him with evil uh, when he had done nothing to merit it. Then came my answer, the preacher said. But as for me, David's response was not based on the action of others. Determined to do what is right, he prayed for them as if they were his close brothers or as one grieving a loss for a mother. God was telling him, You need to pray for this man. Pray the very things for him that you want me to do for you. Thank you for joining our podcast today. If you would like more information about our ministry or if you would like to sow a seed, visit us at www.twfcdallas.org.